This podcast is brought to you by Aldis International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our AI in Action series, where leading minds in AI from across the world share their story, success, and advice. AI in Action cuts through the hype and explores the true impact of artificial intelligence in our world today. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Chad Webb. Chad is the Chief Technical Officer at Rayos. Chad, welcome to the show. Thanks, John Paul. Great to be here. Yeah, and we're delighted to have you. So, Chad, let's start with yourself, please, as we do with all our guests. Could you give us a, an overview and a background yourself in technology uh, and your journey from where you got started, some of the roles you've held along the way, what's led you to where you are today as CTO at Rayos? Sure. So, you know, I was, I was always a science kid, you know, dinosaur bugs, building cars, but I got the opportunity to do my first engineering work for a startup, actually, when I was 16, doing circuit board design, building those out for minimum wage, which was great, but I enjoyed it. The company eventually got acquired a little while later, but you know, went from there, spent a number of years doing more science-based research with folks, really great team of folks on the academic side and government labs. And eventually went off to do my PhD with a guy named Professor John Rogers at the University of Illinois. Brilliant scientist out of the Bell Lab days, runs the largest academic wearable sensor lab really in the world, the biggest name in the field there. So we got together, started building out a lot of tech, particularly deep in, in some specific applications of wearable thermal sensing. A lot of going after some interesting healthcare problems with some good colleagues at the National Institutes of Health in the U.S. So we, we did that, published some really good foundational papers, built this foundational platform in the field for doing this. And then I actually went off to really go learn the R&D kind of commercialization and scale side in the Fortune 100 world after that. You know, I always loved writing papers, but for me, the impact piece is always, how do you get it in someone's hands? And at the end of the day, that takes commercialization to be sustainable. In the meantime, John Rogers and a great friend and colleague of mine, Sid, went off and carried on the wearable thermal work we were doing, presented it at some conferences. We'd never conceived of the application we use today at the time, but they had a few neurosurgeons come up to them, ask them about that, uh, asked them about applying it to some specific areas I'm sure we'll get to in hydrocephalus. And the company was born a few days later after that. A few years after they found that they came back to me, convinced me that I'd been in the large mega corporate world long enough and asked me to come over, take over R&D as CTO at Rayos. Uh, that was about two years ago now, and I've been doing that ever since. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, great segue into your journey and where you've landed now at Rayos. So look, broad picture, tell us about Rayos as a business, who you are, what you do, what's the mission of the organization, and then we'll jump into the technology behind it all. So Rayos as a business, we are a healthcare tech company, and it really kind of hardware algorithm integration side. We specifically focus on non-invasive thermal fluid flow sensing or non-invasive fluid flow sensing. And so we'll get to the tech on how we do that later, but there's a number of things we can do with that. What we focused really hard on is our laser focus today and our, our whole team's real dedication is bringing better solutions to a patient population that have a condition called hydrocephalus. Um, 
So some of the listeners may have it, may have family members have hydrocephalus, but hydrocephalus is the excess buildup of cerebral spinal fluid on the brain. And it's very debilitating, fatal, if not treated, can be born, children can be born congenitally with it. You can acquire it in life as a result of traumatic brain injury. You can acquire it as a effective aging. It's actually oftentimes misdiagnosed Parkinson's, a few other areas, uh, which is becoming better understood today. And so this creates a very challenging lifestyle and there's no cure for the condition. We hope there is one day, but there unfortunately is not today. So uh, without a cure, it has to be managed somehow. You have to get the spinal fluid off of the brain. And the way that's done and the way that's been done for a long time is in effect, you just, you give it a different flow path to go down. So you surgically implant a catheter tube. It's what's called a shunt system that sends one end of the shunt system into the ventricular cavities in the brain and drains it out to some other part of the body. Oftentimes the abdomen works great, resolves symptoms essentially immediately once you do that. But unfortunately, and the challenge with that is those shunts ultimately fail and they fail a lot, 40 to 50% within two years. You can imagine, especially for young children who are born with hydrocephalus, they're growing and their body's changing really quickly and things move around, you get cellular buildup for any number of reasons, the shunts can stop draining fluid. And that's a problem. And that's a lot of cases an emergency, you need brain surgery, you need to revise that shunt. That's really the only option to do there. But unfortunately, the symptoms of shunt failure are really nonspecific headache, nausea, lethargy. And so you can imagine you have a five-year-old daughter and she comes home from school and she has a headache. For most folks, that's not a big deal. It happens all the time, right? Kids get sick, things go around. But if your daughter has a shunt, oftentimes that'll mean a trip to the emergency room to go see your neurosurgeon. And ultimately, a lot of more often than not, these trips are, you just get sent home. There's actually, it's just some other reason for a headache. But until you know the answer to that, you have to be really careful and get that resolved. And unfortunately, on top of that, there's really no way to actually directly diagnose shunt function. So neurosurgeons and their staff are left with a few options. You can CT scan the brain to look at the size of the ventricles. Uh, you can MRI the brain. Do You can do radionucleotide studies. You can do exploratory surgery, shunt taps. So a number of things you can do to work okay. They're the standard of care today, but they all have accuracy limitations. They're large capital equipment. Some of them have ionizing radiation or they're infection prone, any number of reasons. So you end up with patients that have shunts in this condition, you kind of end up with this pretty tough cycle that you got to work through in life, which is a lot of trips to the hospital, a lot of trying to figure out as the shunt working, is it not? It's very expensive for the healthcare system as well. It's very challenging for neurosurgeons. It's a difficult condition to deal with just because of all the issues that go on there. So what we do and really what Rayo sets out to do as a mission is really improve the lives of those patients and improve the workflow of the caregivers and the surgeons and their teams that take care of them. Uh, and that's really what we care about is actually providing the solution experience. We're not here to just provide a piece of cool tech. Uh, the tech is only useful in the sense that it actually makes people's lives better. In our case, the tech is a lever to do that. So what we can, what we do and we work to do with our tech is actually non-invasively monitor the flow of spinal fluid through those implanted shots. And to kids we work with, it effectively just looks like a little band-aid they put on for about 10 minutes and they take it off and they get a reading of flow through their shunt. So really looking at big diagnostic problem that exists with this patient population and how can we do our pieces to hopefully make, make that condition a lot easier to manage, a lot less stressful and a lot less expensive for the healthcare system. Incredible. 
we're going to talk about the success that Reyes is having and the recognition in the sector, recent announcements in a little bit, because it really helps set the stage for the journey ahead. But I want to jump straight into the underlying technology because it, it's a great combination of obviously the scientific hardware, but also then the, 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 techno, the overall technology behind it all. So look, you're all CTO, you oversee all aspects of it. Speaking to an audience of tech professionals, data professionals. Talk to us about that combination of the hardware technology and then the software required on the back end. What data are you getting from it? And what does the team look like? What is it like day to day to be part of the technology team? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. And this is a space I particularly love from the engineering and the technical side, because for me, and I think for most of our team, it's such an interesting kind of compelling intersection of technical and engineering problems where we have both the ability and their requirement to take what is a brand new iteration of actual hardware technology. We leverage re really longstanding thermal physics, but in a way that no one's really ever done before. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration categorizes this as a breakthrough device, a lot of, and that means a lot of things from a regulatory side. But the device itself and what we have to do on both the hardware and then the data side is we have this array of thermal sensing elements that's actually underlying what we do. We inject a tiny amount of heat on the surface of the skin. Patients don't ever feel it. And we actually map how that heat distributes across the skin and through the body, non-invasively, completely from the surface of the skin. And, you know, and we're mapping these precise signals, a hundreds, hundreds of a degree as they move around. And the reason this becomes relevant is when you have a fluid flowing under there, such as spinal fluid through a shot, it actually changes how that heat distributes. You can almost imagine injecting a dye in a fluid and it carries it and it redistributes. There's an analog to what happens with heat there, and we can actually map that out. Where this becomes a really interesting data and algorithm problem and really compelling one is it's not so simple to do. Thermal measurements are wonderful. They allow us to do all these really non-invasive things. And as long as we do this really clever hardware engineering where it's really dominated by the body and not the device itself. But there's other things that go on and, and affect thermal signals in the real world uh, when you do this. You get all sorts of fluctuations that go on. And so what we get to do is really this iterative feedback loop of hardware design and algorithm design that feed into each other, which is we need to be able to really isolate these spinal fluid flow signals that we're really interested from any number of other things that can be going on. And that by doing that, we can create very specific arrangements of how a whole multitude of sensors are set up geometrically and how you power cycle them. And such that they feed into our own custom algorithms, this for both the blessing and a curse, it's fun for us. It's not a heart rate sensor, right? So there's no real publications that exist on how you deal with this type of data. So you have this kind of complex series of set of time series data with a whole bunch of sensors coming out that have a, have an underlying flow signal in there that's really important and then have some other things layered on top of them. So. We go through, we build the algorithms from the ground up to really try and isolate those flow signals. And on the R&D side, we've been able to, we do that, we get to a good point with an algorithm and say, if we could actually optimize the data coming in, if we were to change, if we had these other pairings going on, we could do more and then we can iterate and redesign the hardware to do that. So that's what we've done. And that's really what it comes down to. So it's this big intersection of new novel hardware, and then a whole bunch of time series sensor, sensor data streams that need to come together in effect for feature classification that has to be done on that data for diagnostic purposes. 
You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team, or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com. You and I were speaking prior to the interview, we were talking about the exciting recent developments, not just in the, the industry and space as a whole, but specifically for Rayos. And I think it, it's important to, to cover that now because it will give some insight into the exciting road ahead. Could you talk to us about what the next 12 to 18 months look like, the recent announcements that you guys have to share with us, and then how is that, how is that going to impact your role and your team on the technology side? Yeah, yeah. So just a few weeks ago, we announced the closure of our Series A funding round, $10.5 million, which is really centered around, we have a team of and have a team of really great investors. Our Series A round is led by an organization called the Steel Foundation for Hope, supported with our, our follow-on investors, creative ventures, and lateral capital, all of who are just wonderful people to work with and extremely supportive. And in the target of that funding and the mission and the reason those folks work with us and they're aligned to what we're trying to do is ultimately a world of patient impact, right? And how do we build this out? Particularly Steel Foundation for Hope is a mission statement really centered around advancing technology, breakthrough technologies that can really change people's lives, both within the world, but also in, in developing communities around the world. Hydrocephalus is a worldwide problem everywhere. It's not. And so there's opportunities to help people all over the world. And so with that, the funding behind it is really centered around a couple purposes, like we said, and I think everyone agrees that ultimately the way we impact people's lives is ultimately through proving the technology. This is a breakthrough technology, like I said, and it's really important to prove that out clinically really well. So we are in the middle of a large trial that will become our submission to the US FDA goes on. It's, it's going on at 10 hospitals around the country. The funding helps support the execution of that, validating the safety and the efficacy of the product, the first version of the product itself and bringing that to market and commercialization and how we really get this in the hands of neurosurgeons and their patients. And what it also does, so that's a piece of that funding and what that looks like. The other piece of it is there's actually a lot more we can do. Our first product out there is really important. It'll really help improve the lives of a lot of people. But there's a whole other category of the remote patient monitoring space. So think of it home wearable. There's a lot more we can do and a lot of improvements we can make to people's lives. If we could start doing this at home and better managing their shunt function from home instead of them coming in the hospital. And that's really the other indication for the next couple of years is building that technology out. A technology from an engineering standpoint is a huge advancement in a lot of things we need to do. The algorithms and the data science side get a lot more intense there when people are wearing it about their daily lives. You have a lot of other features and signal extraction you've got to do. It's a whole software backend system there. As related to that, we are doing a lot of hiring, of course, I'm probably going to roughly double the size of our team within the next year. Both on the commercial side, we have a great commercial team led by our CEO, Annalisa. We have a great clinical team led by our CIO, Adam, uh, and my team on the R&D side. We're really trying to build out a team to bring that development path forward. So that takes a lot of software side folks we're building out. We have a cloud platform that a lot of this will be is migrating to as we do that. And then, of course, on the analytics side, like I said, the algorithm development takes a big step up here. 
Chad, staying on the topic then of the upcoming unexpected growth, look, double, doubling your team is exciting. You've got to bring in and attract talent to, to help you on this journey. So I want to spend our final minutes talking about that component because the space you're operating in is, is quite niche, quite specific and with a unique skill set required, which ultimately means that the, there's a supply and demand issue of candidate availability. Lots of organizations want to hire the same combination of skills. Having you on today has given some real insight into Rayos and why you guys are unique in the space and exciting. But as the CTO, when you're sat speaking to candidates for your R&D division, specifically, whether it be engineers, research scientists, technologists, when you're sat with candidates who you're considering for Reyes, what is it that you tell them that gets them excited enough to join Reyes over some of the other great companies? Yeah. So I think the number one thing everyone on my team would say, bar none, is the true direct opportunity to dramatically improve the lives of folks who unfortunately have a really tough condition they have to deal with. And that's, that's what gets us up every day. And especially with Steel Foundation coming in, the opportunity to expand that to a lot of communities around the world where, the, where that's even more needed in a lot of ways. Our technology brings that opportunity to deal with that condition to even remote locations in a way that you just can't do with anything that exists in the world today. You can't take an MRI uh, to deep into a lot of places and do scans for that. So that's, I think, first and foremost, number one, why we all do what we do. And we spend a lot of time with patients and their families, and it's really important. And then I think the other one is, well, like a lot of startups, we're fast and we move quick, but we're motivated and the engineering problems themselves are really interesting. Like I said, they're these, you know, we're pushing the boundaries of what you do with wearable hardware. And that's what we do with our electrical engineers and, and mechanical folks. And we bring in, but that has to intersect with a whole new ground up proprietary algorithm building of how you deal with all these sets of sensor data that no one's ever dealt with. So. You can think of it in some ways as wearable fitness trackers from a data side. It's a lot of time series sensor data coming in, but it's a set of time series sensor data that no one's ever dealt with before. And it makes the engineering problems really interesting for our team. Chad, thank you so much for coming on today and talking to us. Great to learn about your own background and your journey. Fascinating insight into what you're building at Reyes and obviously very exciting times ahead. Recent Series A funding is going to allow you to grow double the team and accelerate the technologies. We're very excited to see what you guys can accomplish. We wish you, the team, and everyone at Rayos the best of luck in the months and years to come. And I look forward to having you back on the show in the near future. Thanks a lot, John Paul. It's been excellent. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Aldis Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.aldis.com, to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.